say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another chance. Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh, we have done it again. Yes, we have another great, fabulous, outstanding, amazing, awesome, wonderful show. We have with us none other than Beverly Lassard, and she has written this outstanding, I'm serious, it's just an outstanding book. It's called, Are You Emotionally Ready to Retire? And whoa, 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 stay with me. Before you decide to stop, you just need to hear something for a second. This book, if, if this book is not for old people, okay, this book is for young people, all right? This book is... You need to be thinking about it. I, I don't care what age you are. Matter of fact, uh, she's going to talk about there's actually a story about it. There's actually a quote from someone who was getting ready to retire who said, you know what? You need to be thinking about this in your teens. And it's because, you know what? Being emotionally ready to retire isn't the same. I didn't say financially. Yes, that is important. But what I am saying is, are you emotionally ready to retire? Because it's more than just, it's more than just being financial ready. You know, some Beverly's going to talk about this. She's she's done the research. She has done so much research that I, I'm just telling you, and you're going to love her. She's just got an, an amazing demeanor, and she's just so kind and friendly, and she's awesome. And so we're going to talk to her about are you emotionally ready to retire? It's going to be a great show. I promise you, it will be uh, so much great information that you need to think about. And the book, of course, is available everywhere, and so you need to check it out. And it's a very it's a fast read. But man, it's a it's a it's a read that'll get you thinking. I promise. But before we get to her, let's do what we do every week, and you know what that is, right? I ask you about how your training is going in the four areas of your life, right? Because you know we're living in weird times, and so you know we need to be training four areas of our life if we are going to be the best that we can be. You know, we, we are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual people. All right, and so. When it comes to you being the best you could be, we have to be working on our training because as we all know, you are only as good as your training. When you are tired, when you are stressed, when you are under pressure, when you are completely exhausted, the fact of the matter is, you know what? You're only as good as your training, period. And so I like to ask the entire audience out there in, in the world, because, you know, now we're in over 60 countries around the world. I like to ask you, you know, let's talk about your training. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, let's talk about your training in terms of, you know, how you're doing physically. So 1 is a, one's miserable, 10 outstanding. Physically, what do I mean by your training physically? What I mean is not only are you exercising, which is is important, and not only are you eating right, but are you getting enough sleep? Are you drinking enough water? Are you how is your how are you doing on a daily basis making sure that you're training in the right way to 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 really protect yourself and to be better? And it's a question that you have to answer for yourselves out there, right? So, you know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, five being average, you know, what, how would you say your training is going out there, right? And the, because the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, you got to, you have to work on your training, right? So there's your first number. All right, second number. Second number is, you know, what, how would you say uh, you are doing mentally in your training? And what do I mean by your mental training? What I mean is, what are you consuming that's helping you be better mentally, whether it's professionally or personally, that's expanding your mind, that's helping you grow in your wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding of how things and people work, right? That, that you know, you can't just sit there and let things be thrown at you. You have to be an active participant in your mental engagement, in your mental training, you know, reading books uh, are, are such a huge part of your mental training, especially books that are actually benefiting you in some way. I'm not against fictional books. Please don't hear me. I'm not against fictional books. But here's what I know. I know that when you are doing things that are actively helping your psychology, actively helping your profession, actively helping you pursue a hobby, actively helping you do something that's making you better those things are the thing those are the type of reading those are the type of things the activities that you're doing 
that are challenging you mentally because we need to be mentally challenged. Again, you're only as good as your training. So if you're not pushing yourself mentally, there's no way that you're going to be able to be as good as you possibly can be, right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, how are you doing in your mental side, your mental game, all right? So you got two numbers, physical and mental. And then we got the emotional side. And this really has to deal with more relationships, but we oftentimes in psychology as a psychological professional, you know, we tell our clients, you know, things like, you know, we, we evaluate people on their emotional quotient or their emotional intelligence. And often we evaluate them in two areas. One is how well are they able to control their own emotions and understand their own emotions. And then we evaluate how well, you know, someone is able to emotionally tap into the emotions of others how well are they able to understand the emotions of other people and we put those two things together and that's kind of a rough way of gauging an in, in, in emotional quotient or some emotional intelligence and you you know you can train that part of your of your life right it's it's about being very intentional you have to be very intentional about you know, you know, controlling your emotions. When that person cuts you off, can you stop yourself before you decide to have some sort of finger gesture? You know, can you stop the thought before it comes in, right? The same token, we can do things to expand our emotional vocabulary, right? Because we're not just angry, sad, or happy. There's a whole, there's a whole number of variances between all those. And the better our vocabulary is, the better we understand and can tap into the emotions of others. And when we tap into the emotions of others, what we're really saying is, are you able to really understand them and empathize with them, right? Because that's that's ultimately what's really important. So how is your training going in terms of doing those things emotionally? So you got three numbers, emotionally, physically, physically, mentally, emotionally. Now, finally, the last number, the spiritual area. And a lot of people will say to me, I, you know, I'm just not a spiritual person. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are. You're a spiritual person because you have faith every single day of your life. You can't avoid it. Sorry. You know, if you are, if you have a dream that you're going to do something, that means you have faith that that dream will come true. That's being spiritual, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I, I wrote about this today and, and you know what? If you're an entrepreneur or if you're in business or you're going to be in business for yourself, you all live by faith because you you keep trying and a lot of times nothing is happening, but you keep trying and keep trying and keep trying even though you see nothing happening. I know, I do it. It's called faith. And you know what it is? That's spiritual. There's also the spirit part of us, right, that we can't explain. It's, the, it's a part of us that's not emotional, not the mental, not the physical, but something that is inside of us that continues to keep us going. That's the spirit of the human being that keeps them going beyond all the, all common sense, all emotion. That's spiritual. And you've heard me say it before, right? You know, spiritual is not going to church and thinking about kayaking. Spiritual is going kayaking and thinking about God. And it, it may not be God for you. It may be nature. It may be a variety of things. It could be a number of things for you. But there is something that brings you peace and harmony and whatever that is, how is it working for you? And how are you growing that? And how would you say your training is going on a scale of 1 to 10? And you know what? If you think about those four areas as the legs of a chair, you know the truth is if the chair is too short, it is extraordinarily uncomfortable and you cannot eat at a normal table. By the same token, if the chair is lopsided or crooked in one area, it's bad on our posture. And so what we're trying to do is bring all four of those areas up at the same time. And while also while also having them in balance. And speaking of someone who is in balance, and I have uh, just adore her, and I adore her reading. Her name is Beverly Mann Lassard. Uh, Beverly uh, was born yeah. in Portland, Maine, and uh, she went to Gorham, Maine High School. She has she was the middle of seven children. She uh, she and her Husband went to college where they studied mechanical engineering. She has been a lover of writing her entire life, even as a child. She began writing uh, science fiction short stories and then uh, while her two daughters were growing up. And then she talked about her journey as a young mom and, 
And then she started just writing down the experiences of her everyday life. And she started doing some research as she has with this book called Are You Emotionally Ready to Retire? That we're going to talk about. She was discovered eventually by Crimson Cloak Publishing Company. And uh, they gave her two contracts for her book. Um, one is this book, Are You Emotionally Ready to Retire? And these are, at last, are the good old days. And she is absolutely a delight, and you're going to enjoy every second of her. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, and welcome to A New Direction, Beverly Mann Lassard. Welcome, darling. Thank you. Hi, Jay. Hi. So, uh, I... I we we got a very short period of time to kind of go through the book because we had some audio issues. <laughs> That's okay. But um, but you know what we're you know what I told you that this was going to be a friendly show and it's it is certainly a friendly show. So um, and I certainly want to uh, do that to you. So you you wrote this book. Um, are you motion ready to retire? But I think people need to have a little background here because you actually sent out a number of surveys. So talk about the survey process that you did, how many surveys you sent out, who you kind of sent them to, and some of the background research that you did for the book. Right. Well, uh, starting from the very beginning, uh, I was writing everyday slice of life columns for a couple of Massachusetts newspapers and got uh, discovered by uh, an editor and uh, they called and said, we would love for you to write a book about retirement. And I said, well, what kind of book? And they said, well, we want you to pick the title and we want you to write the entire book and then submit it. So I went, uh, researched, and there was nothing on uh, being emotionally ready. It was all about finances and things. And I was at the point in my career where I was trying to decide when to retire, as well as a lot of friends. So I uh, got a survey together with about 14 questions and set it out to uh, 200 people, probably a lot of people more toward their 50s and 60s, but a a few young people. and uh, and then and then interviewed a lot of people and just put all the the answers together and came up with a lot of different stories and um, th- th- sent the book in and they gave me three months to write it and I actually wrote it in two months and had a ball writing it and they wrote back and they said we'll get back to you in four weeks and the next week they wrote back and said we absolutely love it we want to publish it so that was uh, pretty amazing I think I was 60. 66 at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So it's never too late. I tell people who love to write because I've been spending years, you know, my 20s, I sent my science fiction stories in. And then, of course, I did get my little 500 word slice of life stories published in newspapers. But that was uh, $25 a week. And then even after a while, even the $25 a week disappeared. So uh, it was hard to get published. And so I tell people, don't give up. Get published at 66. So one of the other things they noticed about this book that you did was not only did you send out 200 surveys and not only did you talk to a, a number of people, but one of the other things one of the other things that I f- found to be also interesting is you did a whole bunch of research on the side in terms of you found a number of famous people who um, were quoted you know about retirement and so you did a ton right. of research on the out side of this as well so it's right. it's it's i don't know how many people that you researched but it's not just you doing the actual survey research you did you you, you researched a lot of people in retirement yeah yeah i mean this quotes every everyone from betty white who's never going to retire to <laughs> uh i don't know just name this there's probably 30 or 40 people that uh i, I researched their their uh, comments on retirement and just sort of reading their bio and um, it was very very interesting uh, and of course a lot of famous people you, you tend to have them in what I labeled my group one which is the people who are never going to retire right. that's a, a lot of the famous people but um, but then there were other CEOs and business people who were certainly in the public light that that did have retirement stories so let's talk about retirement here for a second, because retirement is not the same. To, it's 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 now it we're as we've gone through the ages. Let me rephrase it. As we've gone through the ages, retirement has changed. So in, in as you've done your research, talk to us a little bit about <clears throat> what retirement used to look like, uh, where it where it was, and where we're at, and possibly where we're going. 
Right. I mean, a lot of people say the turn of the century, the 19th century, never retired at all. They just worked. They either died young, uh, like died before they were 65 or so, or just had to work uh, to survive. And and then we kind of got into the, you know, the, the 1950s and the Social Security era. And you you were hired when you were 22 out of college and you worked for 40 years and got your gold watch and it was just automatic that you were going to retire. And then with with the, my generation, feel the baby boomers, it's it's a little more open. People don't have to retire if they don't want to. They certainly can if they want to. They can retire early. Right? It's it's really a very different thing. And what I've found with a with a lot of people, and I'm talking maybe 30% of the people that were surveyed retired from the part of their job that they didn't like and did the part of the job. Like, for example, there's one professor at MIT. He loved the research but hated the teaching. So at 68, he retired from teaching and he will research for the rest of his life. So there were a lot of people who did like a a semi-retirement type of situation. And there were some people that just totally did something different. But um, I I think that uh, to put it in a nutshell, the people who had a life before they retired were the happiest people and they tended to do more of what they had been doing before. So if somebody dabbled in painting or played bridge or liked to golf, when they retired, they just were able to do more of it. So those people who were really prepared and had a lot of interest were the happiest retirees. Because there were some people that were in the book, there were stories in the book of people who uh, we're not happy retired. Some people went back to work. Right. Some people, you know, different different situations. So you wrote in your book, uh, you wrote that there are three groups of people. Right. And um, we're going to, I'm just going to list them out. You called them the never ready, <laughs> the always ready, and then there's, uh, there's the will be ready. Um, and so let's let's talk about who these people are. I, I think we kind of make sense, but let's let's talk about what you found, you know, when it comes to the to the never readies. And um, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, that's just a phone in the background. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about the never ready people. Who are the never ready people? The never ready people are people who just really love their work. Uh, my editor who. Uh, discovered me was is uh, I think she was 75 at the time and she said that she just loved writing she loved editing doing what she was doing and that when they called 911 the paramedics would be prying her fingers off her keyboard <laughs> and other people like Stephen King who who tried to retire four times and um, uh, like it says in the book he discovered he had a monkey on his back that needed to be scared to death every year so he he's continuing and I don't think he'll ever stop and there's uh there's there's sort of a subset there's the people who just love what they do and it's really them i mean they're they're really defined by what they do and then there's some people like doctors and lawyers who are just going to work until they're 70 or 80 just to you know pay back the college loans <laughs> but um they they're, they're kind of a subset out of that uh people who will never retire so okay, so I, I feel like I'm one of those people who is in the. I don't think I'm ever going to be ready. I just. I don't. I think. I think if you're not doing what you're doing now, you're going to be doing something else. You're. You're always going to be. I get. I get that feeling from you. You're. You're going to always need to be connecting with people. Yeah. And speaking to people. That's just going to be part of you. Yeah, I have been. I have been blessed, uh, Beverly, with the gift for gab. And so as long as these lips are moving, I am going to be working. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I hope that when you do go, you forget to finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it probably probably will be. I'll, I'll be right in the middle of mid sentence. Hey, yeah, did I just tell you about that's the latest? Be awful if you're right in the middle of something. And... <laughs> right? I mean, I, I could just hear me going. So I want to tell you this story. It was so exciting. Beep. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm kind of. Until I get to the ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of what. It, that's my. Yeah. That, yes. So um, then we talk about the always ready people. And so yeah. let, let's talk about always ready people. What did the what did the always ready people like? Well, it's funny because I thought my uh, husband was the only person who was basically born to retire. Uh, he was a very good engineer. He ended up being uh, having the title of uh, the scientist, but he couldn't wait to retire. He just 
It was not what he defined himself as. He had a million other interests, uh, and uh, he basically retired at 53 or 54. And uh, so then when I was doing my survey, I found out there were a lot of a lot of other people out there that were the same thing. And some of them just, they all had other interests. I mean, that, that was the key thing about these people. They had other things that they wanted to do. One woman always wanted to train dogs and, you know, uh, therapy dogs. Uh, they were, they, they all had, you know, they, they had a career that they had to um, survive or su survive is their word. They had to survive that career so they could pay the bills, but they had something else in mind from day one. And so as soon as they had enough money or whatever the situation was, they were out of there. So that was a very interesting group. That is a very interesting group. We're talking with Beverly Mann Lassard. Her book is entitled, Are You Ready to Emotionally Retire? And she's joining us here on A New Direction. Hey, everyone, listen, I got to tell you something about New Direction. We've got two great sponsors here. One is Epic Physical Therapy. You've heard me talk about them so frequently. And, and I got to be honest with you, they're my physical therapists. I absolutely find them amazing. And, and I go, I have gone to them for a variety of reasons. One, I have had surgeries, right? Because, and, and when you're trying to recover from a surgery, you need a great physical therapist. Epic physical therapy fills the bill. I have had injuries because you know what I like to do, right? As, as many of you know, I love to go work out. And so some, from time to time, I push myself a little hard. I get injured. I go to Epic Physical Therapy to help me work through the injury, right? And then you know what? Sometimes you just, as we do things, sometimes you just get this you know, ache and pain. You're not sure where it came from. Guess where I go? I go to Epic Physical Therapy because they can help me deal with those little everyday aches and pains. Here's something else. Sometimes I need a little extra in terms of being able to do the physical activities and some of the athletic activities I like to do. Guess where I go? epic physical therapy because what happens is they help me get my body into the right position and give me some ideas on how to work on some techniques and some things that I need to do. Hold it. Here's something else. Sometimes I feel like I'm just not getting the right stretch or I'm not doing the right things and I want to protect myself from injury. Guess where I go? Epic physical therapy because I can go right there. I can see Lee, who is right there, she can stretch me out. She can give me some ideas to do some different exercises. I've got physical therapists, so give me some ideas to do different exercises. It's amazing. Epic Physical Therapy, it will provide you with a customized treatment plan that's tailored to you. And it doesn't matter who you are from just, you know, people like me to, you know what, professional athletes. They're going to they're gonna treat the whole body and they're going to treat it you as a functional whole. So when you're ready for epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, you need to go to Epic Physical Therapy. And, of course, there is, and by the way, you can learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft at Team Realtors. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. Linda Craft and her team can help you sell your home, buy your home. You know why? It's because for 35 years, they have been known as the legends of real estate. They didn't say it. It's what their clients say about them. And the reason why that is, is because they develop the relationships one at a time. That not only means, you know, with the people that come through their office, but they've developed these great personal relationships with real estate professionals all over the world. Doesn't matter what company they're from, because because Linda is her own company. And so they have this real flexibility. They don't have to refer within a network. They've created their own network. So you know what? When you're ready uh, to either get your home sold or to buy your next home, why not start, regardless of where you're at, with, I think they're the worldwide leader. Why don't you start with Linda Craft and Team Realtors? They're easy to find, and you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction, and we are talking to Beverly Lassard and uh, her book, Are You Emotionally Ready to Retire? And um, uh, she she told me before we started this whole thing that, you know, she was feeling a little nervous about this whole thing. And I said, you don't have anything to be nervous about this. This is one of those shows where I make it easy. I said, I'm an author or two, and so I wanted to make it easy. And are you having a good time, Beverly? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. A and lot of fun. Are the nerves gone? The nerves are gone. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> so good for you. So we've talked about the, we're talking about the three 
three groups of people um, when it comes to retirement. We've, we've talked about the never ready. We talk about the always ready. Third group is the will be ready. So who are right. those? Who are those people? That, those, those are people that really the, the book is written for. Uh, they will know they're going to retire someday. They're not particularly married to their job. They, they enjoy their career. They know they're going to retire. They look forward to their retirement. And perhaps if they aren't ready, emotionally ready, they may have a little fear of what they're going to do. I've heard so many people go, oh, you know, I, I really would like to retire. I have enough money to retire. I just don't know how I'm going to fill my day. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And that's really what this book is about. It talks about people, what they did after they retired and what worked and what didn't work and what adjustments they had to make. I think one chapter is called, don't call it change, call it adjustment. It, mm. it is an adjustment, no matter no matter how ready you are. But having the, 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 the outside interest and having some of the strategies, and there's, there's a chapter in here on routines and how important that is to have a routine, and yet sometimes living outside the box. Uh, it, you, you can't always have everything just be routine without a little, little flash. So, but, but reading how other people have dealt with that, I think will help people that have that fear of well, how am I going to fill my time? What am I going to do? Uh, there's, a, there's a chapter on whether spouses should retire separately or together. Yeah. And then there's stories about people who did retire separately and people who did retire together and how that worked for them. So, I mean, granted, this is a, an individual situation. Everybody's going to be a little different when they retire. But uh, for the people who uh, know that they want to retire, know that they want to do something else, have, you know, the, the, the so-called golden years, uh, it's, it, there is a certain amount of preparation. And like we said before, that preparation starts in your teens or 20s, not when you're 64. So... Yeah, you, you you talk about that throughout the book, and actually the people that you've interviewed talk about that too. One of the things that you said about the will be ready group that <laughs> that I thought was funny is you wrote you said these are the people who pray that six months after they retire they're not rearranging the spice cabinet. Right. <laughs> and that was that was actually a quote from somebody. Uh, we were just talking to this couple, and uh, the the wife just said, "Oh my God!" After six months, he was rearranging the spices, and I told him he needed to go back to work. But he <laughs> he hung in there, and he got some other interests going. And um, you know, it's interesting. One of the the people that I talked to after the book was published, which was unfortunate because it was such a great story, her husband was getting ready to retire. She knew that he was not going to be ready. She knew that he was not going to be able to fill his day. Six months before he retired, she started volunteering him for a uh, company that collected up used furniture and gave them to needy people. They went around and he started doing that three or four hours on a Saturday. And then his hours grew. And by the time he retired, it was about a 20, 25 week hour a week job. <laughs> and it was just fantastic. And he was so happy and he was doing something fulfilling. And I thought she was a very wise woman to know how he was going to handle retirement. Because right. a lot of people kind of don't think about it. They go, right. oh, it's great. I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, and so she knew her husband. She knew how to make something really meaningful happen after he retired. And he is very, very happy retired. And he's doing so many good things for so many people. That's awesome. Yeah. You you mention a fourth group, and you talk. You say it's mostly made up of women. Um, oh. <laughs> and uh, but you said that you said that there's some you're some guys in here too. That yeah. although that's changing. Let's talk about group four. You didn't give them a name um, necessarily, but you do have a fourth group out there, and I think it's equally important that we talk about this group as well. Yeah. It is. It's an it's an interesting group. These are people who, in their lives, chose not to have a career at all. So if you've chosen to stay home and take care of your children, now my my son-in-law is a stay-at-home dad. So uh, you know, like you said, in this day and age, there are more and more men staying home. And so, what is their retirement all about? Uh, they're they're home taking care of the kids, and they're not going to go back to work. And um, so so they kind of retire i think that they probably more mimic what their spouses are doing mm -hmm. but uh they just have a whole different uh attitude where they're where they're coming from and and solving solving the retirement issue if you if you so call it 
Um, okay. So that, that was an interesting. There, were, there weren't very many on my survey because the, the way the survey was sent out, it was kind of talking about people retiring from jobs. But then I started talking to people that were like, oh, I would have filled out your survey, but, you know, I've really never had a job. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, know, you, you have had a job and you have perhaps had a job that has no ending. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just just yeah. because yeah, just because you haven't been reporting an income doesn't mean that you haven't been working. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. So chapter two, let's move on there. It's and, and it's entitled "When to Retire?" Question mark. And the very first thing you say on page twenty six is timing is everything. What did you mean when you said timing is everything when it comes to when to retire? Yeah, I I think that. Um... You know, people really, the, the people that I talked to, and even with myself, I really just didn't know when to call it quits. And uh, it, um, if you if you retire too soon, which most of the people who retired too soon were sort of like in their mid 60s and got laid off, mm-hmm. and they were like really too old. Well, they were going to retire in the next year or two. Here they are one or two years ahead of schedule, not feeling really comfortable because they didn't really make the decision themselves. They didn't say, yes, I'm retired too. I'm not ready. Then there were people who debated it so long that they like shot past the window. Uh, they, they retired at whatever age and really regretted that they didn't retire sooner. So it, it, it is a very, very individual thing, and people just kind of have to have to feel it, I guess, that uh, you're you're ready to you've done all your homework. And I think I think reading my book will help. I mean, that was base, basically my my purpose here was for people to read what all these other people have gone through, mm. and they can kind of see, oh yeah, I'm like uh, you know Joe or Ann over here, uh, where. I, I just don't know what I'm going to be doing, so I need to be thinking about this more. Or maybe I've gotten waited too long. Am I healthy enough to do everything that I wanted to do? So I think that that, that I always tell people, if you're debating on retiring, if you read my book, you'll retire tomorrow. Because mm. you know, I think it will push you over the edge because you'll kind of see what's going on with all these people who've already made the decision before you. Well, I think, I think it certainly – the book certainly gave clarity. I mean, I, 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 I know my wife read it before I did, right? She read it before I did and I had highlighted the book so much that I had to, you know, basically highlight it with a different yellow marker that was a little bit more bright or neon (laughs) because it was, because we couldn't, we were highlighting the, you know, living daylights out of it. And, and by the way, I need to thank, uh, I need to make a mention here. I need to thank Bob Wattrell who introduced me to this book and, um, because this is, I found this book, I got it, I read through it briefly and then I said you know I really like the premise of this book and then I reached out to you and um said hey how would you like to be on the show and you you agreed to be on my (laughs) show and which was which was really awesome so but I do need to I do need to say thank you to Bob Wattrell for um literally putting this book in front of me because had I not looked through this book and taken a and look at it and then have read it I am so glad I did and I think people will be so glad that they've read this book as well but we're not done we're, we're just we're just talking about this from matter of fact we're just in chapter two and we're talking about when to retire I, w- I wanted to talk about something in this chapter that you you couple things that you talk about one is that according to the surveys you wrote according to the surveys adjustment to retirement took anywhere from two to six months and oh. And then you also said that, according to the surveys, many people confessed that they had waited too long to retire. Talk right. talk about those two things, the the adjustment period, two to six months, why? And then the people who said they waited too long, w- w- explain that, if you don't mind, too. No. So I, th- I think the two, two to six months comes in setting up a new routine. Mm. Uh, I've, I've read... People who do exercise or whatever, it says you need to do something for like 30 days before it comes part of your routine. If you're going to do half an hour of exercise, you have to do it every single day. And then it becomes part of your lifestyle. I think it's kind of the same way with retirement. You're going to come up with a different routine. And and it's going to probably contain a lot of the things that you do now. But obviously, there's 40 to 50 hours a week that are going to have to have something else in them. And so that's going to take two to six months just to adjust a feeling comfortable 
with, um, with, with the new routine. Now, one of the things that for myself, I'm there, I do a lot of handiwork and electrical and plumbing and fix everything. But when I was working 46 hours a week, I would do everything fast. And then I found that, and people would say to me, when you retire, everything's in slow motion. I was like, oh no, I don't operate in slow motion, <laughs> but you really do. You know, you work for half an hour, you have another cup of coffee, you work for another half an hour and you go over and you write a couple emails. I mean, your, your routine and the way that you do things adjust to the time that that you have to do it in. And, and it's very, very comfortable. It's, right. you know, because you can say, oh, great, I'm going to go sit and have a cup of coffee. You know, I couldn't do that before. I needed to get everything done because I had ABC and XYZ before right. I went back to work. So that was very comfortable. And then the, uh, the other part, people who waited too long, I, I think that a lot of people just debate when to retire for so long and right. they go, oh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do or, you know, whatever right. their concerns are. And then by the time they retire, they every they really enjoy it so much, and they go, "Gosh, I, you know, I could have been doing this three years ago when I was, you know, a little, a little bit younger, a little bit healthier, a little bit more energy." And so I think they almost look back on it and go, "You know, I really kind of lost three years here that I could have been doing this because because almost everybody, and I really have to say everybody at the end, just loves being retired. Right. They're just doing." Um, uh, you know, everything that they wanted to do. It's a, it's, it's, it's really, really like a 30 year vacation. I mean, I'm having a ball. I love <laughs> good, it. Good for you. <laughs> well, we're talking with Beverly Lassard, uh, her book, are you, I noticed how I did that. I'm doing different emphasis on this book. Are you emotionally ready to retire? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, be emphasizing that right by the way the book is not this, this book is for people i don't care what your age is by the way it's the, these are things you need to be thinking about you, you cannot think about them too early because it's not it's not just finances it, it's about emotionally you got to think you know you everybody goes oh i can't wait to retire and then they get there and they go yeah well i you know i don't know what i'm doing and we're going to talk about that one of the things beverly you said in this chapter and i and i loved it because it was just a reminder to all of us you say quote sometimes if you have your health a ton of flexibility you're making good money and in, you enjoy what you're doing there really is no reason to retire i said that <laughs> yeah you did yeah yeah uh yeah, I mean, that that may be the group one people may, uh, you know, that may be their their motto. Um, I can't remember where I said that. Yeah, so, yeah. It was was so, it in my book? Yeah, it was, uh, it was in your book. Yeah, you said sometimes if you're, you know, because I think for a lot of times the people who, you know, are, are in that, you know, group of people that go, you know, I'm never going to retire. I think, you know, it depends on their health and their flexibility and, they're making good money. They're enjoying what well, they're Well, yeah. I, I, oh, no. Okay. Now I think I remember the context. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, people, it's, it's, it's easier not to change, right? Right. If everything's going along smoothly and people are kind of like, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm 66, 67, you know, the work is okay. The money is great. Uh, you know, I can, I, I can take an afternoon and go golfing. Everything's going fine. They, they really have put themselves in. I'm comfortable, and if I retire, I'm going to have to adjust. You know, things are going to be different, and right. it's it's sort of a, a hard cliff to leap off of. Right. But um, I, I think that, and those are probably the people who, when they retire, really regret that they didn't retire earlier, because they just kind of they were so comfortable, you know, and and, um, and it just kept them from making a decision that later they. I wouldn't say people regretted, you know, right. there, there, were, there were a couple of people that regretted not retiring early, but I think that a lot of people just thought, you know, I really could, this was, this is fun. I could have had this three or four years ago. Right. So. You, you, you say two things. You, you, you make two important points. The first one is you say that the, the, that a big part of being ready to retire is living a balanced life during all the years leading up to it. That's the first one. Right. And then the second yep. one you say is that it's really important, um, are, what's really important are the relationships of people that you've nurtured um, with your children, their siblings, or friends. It's because those relationships will serve as the cornerstone of the foundation that is Absolutely. going to hold their retirement years up. Absolutely. So talk about those two things. I think that's really important. 
Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because uh, there was there was I think it was one of the the men that my husband worked with, and he just said, "I was so busy in my career when my kids were growing up, I really didn't have any time to go to their games or anything. So when I retire, I'm going to go to all my grandchildren's events." And I I wondered because I never ran into him 10 years later, whether he actually did that or not. But I, I think that um, people, I'm trying to remember, let's, so what was, what was the question? Yeah, it's okay. No, 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 you, you just, you gave us two, emo, you gave us two really important oh, factors. Oh, relationships. Oh yeah, the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, the relationships, it, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and it actually kind of, um, my my second book out actually was was not named what you said. I know I, I probably didn't change it on my website, but my second book that came out by Crimson Cloak Publishing is Parenting and Grandparenting, and they're uh. all my short, uh, true to life slice of life stories that I wrote about parenting and grandparenting. And and uh, one of the things that my husband and I did raising our children is, and I ran a child care center for 27 years, so I love children, so I hope no one will take this the wrong way, but we made decisions raising our children knowing that when they, in 20 years, they were going to be out of the house creating their own lives, and we were going to be there with each other. Mm -hmm. So we always held each other as a priority, and our time together was a priority, and our routines together, and so when our kids were all gone, and we got to the empty nest syndrome, we were like, woohoo, chasing each other around the house. It was fantastic. <laughs> so that, that's the kind of relationships that you want to be nurturing and building right. so that when your kids are out of the house, you're not sitting there, you know, waiting for the car to pull in the driveway. And th those kind of relationships can make, I mean, we, we had a lot of years after the kids were gone that we were both working and that was enjoyable. And then when we were both retired, uh, you know, e even better. And, and yet at the same time, you want to be, you know, having time for your, your children and your, your, your grandchildren so that those relationships, uh, I, th I think, I can't remember if it's in my book or whether I just read it uh, uh, somewhere else that people, when they, it was in my book, because I just read my book again, <laughs> I haven't uh -huh. read it for two years, uh, that people think that when they retire, they're going to go see their friends and, you know, they're going to be doing going out to lunch a lot and that's a, and that just doesn't happen as much i think as people hope some people hope will happen but your family is there and your and your family is 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 loving the fact that now you can go to soccer games and now you can do all these things that you didn't necessarily have time for when you were both working uh so th those are really real big assets to having lots of time and, and retirement awesome her name is Beverly Lassard, and uh, the book is, is entitled, Are You Emotionally Ready to Retire? See what I did there? And she's joining us here on A New Direction. Hey, everyone, listen, you know what? I talk about them a lot, and it's because I love them a lot. It's because I use them a lot. Their name is Epic Physical Therapy. And l listen, I, I've talked about all the reasons why I go and why I like them, but let me talk about a few other things that you should know about them. The first, the first one is one of the one of the other reasons is because their facility literally offers the most advanced top of the line equipment. It, it they do it, it they they have things like the Ultra G anti gravity treadmill. They've got the Normatech compression sleeves. They've got the game ready, which I have talked about ad nauseum about how much I really enjoy the ice cold water and the compression to get the swelling out of different parts of your body. It, here's the other thing that makes them so special. They are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available. They have they, they includes things like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, which, by the way, if you've never had that done, it's, it, wow. Talk about just relief. It's amazing. And then cupping. If you've got those sore muscles, I am just telling you, cupping works through the skin with a cup, literally, and what it does is it pulls on skin, pulls on the muscle, and it just it relaxes the muscle. It's absolutely fantastic. So I, I can't I can't recommend them more. And now they've got two locations, and they're easy to get a hold of. And whether you're a whether you're just somebody who just wants to feel a little bit better, or whether you're a professional athlete, I'm telling you, they all go there. So when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic re recovery, and your epic results, you know what? Be epic. Go to epicpt.com. That's e p i c p t dot com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Look, I, I talk about them, but listen, for 35 years. 
they have literally been helping people sell their homes and buy their homes. And those same people from 1985 still come back today. Why? Well, according to them, it's because Linda's customer service is absolutely legendary. They said no one else, right? She created a relationship with us. And we're so grateful for that relationship. And she continues to maintain that relationship with us on a personal level. And even though we don't buy a house every year or every other year, we know that there's no place that they'd rather go. That's what her customers say. That's what her clients say. That's what her friends say. And she still does the same thing to this day, 35 years later. I, I tell you, if you go to 7300 Six Forks Road and you come into the office, and, and we are going to be physically distant, right? or virtually, if you want to, even right now, you know what they do is they'll, they, they hand you a bottle of water and say, you know, let's talk about what your needs are. And so we'll, we'll figure it out whether we can do it face-to-face or whether we do it virtually, which they are willing to do in, in so many ways because they also are technologically advanced as well. Check them out at lindacraft.com. They really are the legends of customer service, virtually or face-to-face. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A. C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Beverly uh, Mann Lassard and her book, Are You Emotionally Ready to Retire? <laughs> I, I keep changing the inflections on that thing, but it, it really is a great book, and it's a book that is for literally people to start thinking about, you know, how are you, were you going to retire or not? I mean, I, I know that for me, that's not a word that's in my vocabulary. Um, and so I am excited about doing what I do and I want to do it as long as I can possibly do it. And, and, and given my energy and the love that I have for reading books and talking to authors and being able to do the show, uh, is just a gift. And I want to give this gift back to other people. And so for me, I don't see myself retiring. That doesn't mean it won't happen, but I just don't. I just love what I do so much, and I'm so grateful that I get to do it every day. So uh, chapter three, um, Beverly, we, um, you talked, the, the title is entitled, Should Spouses Retire at the Same Time? And you give this great answer right away out of the book. Here's what you said, and I'm going to quote you. Yes and no. There's the quote of the day. <laughs> Uh, so so, uh, I just I was I had to do that to you because I was like I was like should spouses retire and I remember reading that tongue go oh that's an interesting question what's she gonna say yes and no okay there we go let's go with that so talk to us about yes and no and spouses retiring at the same time why is that why is that such a challenge well you know it's it's interesting and and probably it really depends on, I shouldn't say probably, it, it depends on what people want to do when they retire. My brother and his wife retired at the same time because they wanted to travel. So it's kind of hard to have one retirement before mm-hmm. the other. But uh, with with my husband, uh, he, he retired at, you know like I said, 53, 54. And he just loves, he reads three books a week and he reads you know five newspapers and he just loves his quiet time. So he was very happy to be by himself. And I remember uh, a lot of my staff, I was running a childcare center and they were like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? Your husband's going to be around underfoot. But he, he knew this, he anticipated this. And we, we had a large house at the time because we were empty nesters. And he's like, I will be in my office and I will not bug you. I said, great. Well, then 11 years later, I got ready to retire. And it was interesting because he was like, whoa, whoa, I'm, I'm not sure I can deal with this. And I said, why? And he said, because you make noise. So when you're home, my retirement's going to be a lot noisier. But, you know, we solved that problem. And, and a lot of it comes down to spouses talking to each other. What what do you want when you retire? And one of the, one of the stories in there is, is about a, a couple that retired at the same time that didn't work because he was going golfing and fishing and all these things. And she was home cleaning the kitchen and baking cookies and she was not happy and he was having the time of his life. (laughs) So that was a case where a little discussion beforehand probably would have helped in that. What are you going to do when you retire? And they would have discovered that they had different, different things. And so it could have affected when they retired, or at least it would have given them the knowledge to, to deal with the differences. 
So, uh, they, like, like I said, the answer is yes and no. <laughs> so it really, but, but the the answer that each couple will come up with will really depend on what they want to do and how much they discuss it before they retire. They need to come up with a plan. Yeah, this is this is really key here because you end that chapter by saying this quote. You say the key word is really the key word is really discussion that you need to talk about it. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that you end chapter. And really it kind of moves right into chapter four, which is entitled more changes really. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and you made the statement earlier, but there's a couple things that I want to, to, to address here in this chapter. One, the first thing you say is don't think changes, think adjustments. All right. right? That that's one. Um, and don't judge because what one retiree finds challenging, another might not see it as an issue at all, but here was the big one. And I remember this from getting married. Okay. Because we, we went to marriage counseling and one of the things that our marriage counselor did was he gave us a list of like, I don't know how many pages it was. And we had to go through who was going to handle household duties before we got married. So who was going to, you know, who was going to do the laundry? Who's going to do the dishes? How's that going to work? Right. Cause everybody thinks it's 50, 50. It's never that way. <laughs> it, okay. It's ne- never that way. So this, this problem comes up again, doesn't it? In retirement. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it comes up all during, uh, your career when you're, when one spouse, unless they both start out working uh, at the same time, but in, in my case, I stayed home for 10 years and took care of the children and did did a lot of the, the, the repair. That's how I learned how to fix everything and mow the lawn and all that. And then when I started my business, my husband took over a lot of the, the household duties and started doing cooking and grocery shopping. And then when the empty nesters, that was another adjustment. And then of course when we retired, that was another adjustment. So it, it, it's something that really should happen, just like getting ready for retirement. It should happen in, in a during a process and during your life where your life is changing, your interests are changing, and um, and and but but definitely at retirement, it's it's got to be discussed again because especially since when you retire, you're sitting there looking at each other. You can't if you make the wrong decisions. You know if you made them when you were were in your 40s well you get to go to work and be away from each other but if you're not making the right decisions when you're 65 or whenever you're retiring you're sitting there kind of looking at each other and one of you is cleaning the oven and the other one's out golfing so uh it it definitely uh discussion will keep you maybe off the uh, marriage counselor's couch well i think this i think this is the well and here's the thing right i think this is what happens so frequently and I, i i i think what happens is people are not thinking about those conversations. I think they're just taking it for granted that things will just kind of work themselves out. But you really make a point here that says, you know what, don't take any small thing for granted because it can be, listen, we all know that it's the small things that can irritate us the most. Mm. Right? I mean, you, you remember the old joke used to be, you know, you know, I'm never marrying somebody who squeezes the toothpaste the tube in the middle, right? I mean, it was just an old joke, but yeah. it really, but it was really meant to say it's those little it's things that can irritate us. And now here you are no longer working, right? You're both no longer working. And all of a sudden, you know, one's doing their thing, the other's doing their thing or not able to do their thing because the other's doing their thing. <clears throat> this, this communication thing, we, you have to reopen it up. Yeah. And that and that squeezing the toothpaste from the middle, it's just going to get worse. If, if you haven't learned, learned in 45 years to stop doing it, it retirement is not going to be the solution. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's it's really it's it's really not the solution. You know, you talk about you you make this quote, and I love this. Um, the change of being home 24/7 is perhaps the most daunting. For single retirees, they are faced with an additional 40, 60 to 60 hours alone while couples are faced with an additional 40 to 60 hours together. Yeah. Pick your own poison. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it, I mean, yeah, pick your own poison. Right. I mean, I, mean, you got to think about that. It isn't, you're not retiring to this blissful situation where you don't have to think about anything anymore. You really need to think about it and you need to think about it before you retire. Well, this is the, this is the whole point of the book. 
is that you give us so many things because the people that you interviewed you know, really should be giving you food for thought. You know, I mean, giving you a little something to think about going, you know, you know, what have I thought about this? You know, even if you're in your 20s, you know, and you think, uh, you know, because I know a lot of 20-somethings who are, you know, who literally think of, you know, I want to make enough money so I can travel the world and do all this stuff. And, and you go, you know, that sounds like a really great idea because when I was in my 20s, I thought I was going to do the same things. And then life got in the way. And you, you, you did not plan for it. You just kind of thought this was what was going to happen and it's not what happened. Yeah. And you might marry someone that that's the last thing in the world they want to do. Right. Listen, I have a friend, I have a friend whose dream of retirement is to buy a Winnebago and travel the United States with his wife. Do you know what his wife's, his wife's version of retirement is? What? Not that. (laughs) that's her version that's her version of retirement it's not that whatever that okay but did this but you know what you know these are the conversations that you know we're just not you know that we're just not having that you're going to have to have and by the time you get there talk about this beverly because i I don't know if you really addressed it in your book but you know when you do get there, is it too late to be having these discussions or do they just get harder or how does that work? I, I think, you know, that goes back to nurturing your relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you, by the time you retire, you should know, like, like the woman who knew that her husband wasn't going to be happy retired. And she, so mm-hmm. she got up, she got him into a volunteer program six right. months before he retired. That's where your relationship should be. You should understand what you want what you think your spouse wants, what you need to do to get you both to a happy place. And that takes more than just making one decision when you're 20 and then retiring at 65 and thinking that's going to happen. So it's, it's really all about building that life together, building those routines, finding those interests, finding the common interests that you have together. Um, Because obviously, you know, you're going to be together 24 seven and you're going to have your own interests but like the woman who was cleaning the oven while her husband was golfing, those that's just not going to work. Mm. You've got to find the things that are going to work for both of you together and apart. Yeah. I think a lot of people would say, oh, you know, I'm not going to worry about that because I'm going to do my thing and he's going to do his thing. Well, that's, you know, that that's not really – I don't think that's what anybody wants when they retire. I think that they do want to do things together and have a good time. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that's absolutely true. Do you, do you realize that we've done this show for almost an hour? Wow. It's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have. I just looked at the clock. <laughs> I, it, it, it's just, it just has gone so fast. And you have been so much fun. Thank and you. you have been so informative. And I know that you've helped a lot of people all over the world. Aww. And so here's the thing. I ask my friends because you're no longer a guest. You're a friend. And so I ask my friends when they're on the show, the show is called A New Direction because we try to help people find a new direction in their life or their career or their business or all three. And uh, if Beverly Mann Lassard could help people find a new direction when it comes to are you emotionally ready to retire, what would she leave people with? Oh, I guess find Follow your passions, find your passions uh, early in life, nurture them, nurture your relationships, you know, follow the, follow the things that you love, try to find the things that you share with, with your spouse or whomever you're going to retire with. Um, really, it's, it's, it, it, it's really all about having a good relationship. You know, it's not going to be fun to retire to, uh, with somebody that you don't enjoy being with. So, to me, that's the most important thing to work on is to be happy and find a happy place, whether it's doing things together or having separate interests and sharing them together um, with, with, with the one that you love and remember why you loved him in the first place. <laughs> mm, that's awesome. Her name is Beverly Mann Lassard. The book is entitled, Are You Emotionally Ready? to retire. And uh, she's been a great guest. And folks, I say it to you every week, you know what? Be inspired. Because when you're inspired, that means that you will inspire others. And in turn, they will have the inspiration to inspire others around them. And that can make this world a really great place. 
you know what? I'm going to be back next week with another great show, another great author, and we are going to have another great time just like we did today. And you know what I say to you every week, and you know what that is, right? Ciao, everybody. your confidence and the answers don't make sense you got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your time to find a new direction a brand new day a new direction things are gonna change Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction